Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, this journey uh, through the Bible. We've made our way into 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And so if your Bible is handy, you can open it to 1 Chronicles 21. We're going to look at chapters 21, 22, 23, and 24, uh, four uh, chapters. And so our emphasis is going to be uh, there in chapter 21 is once again, uh, uh, the writer of the Chronicles uh, goes back and tells us once again uh, about this uh, terrible episode uh, where David uh, numbers his troops in direct rebellion against God. That parallel account is found in 2 Samuel 24. And so uh, uh, David uh, builds an altar uh, for the sacrifice uh, to, to the Lord. And uh, again, uh, a reminder again that David, uh, for all of his uh, faults, for all of his flaws, is a man that seeks to honor God. Uh, in chapter 22, we're told he uh, begins to uh, acquire uh, the various materials for the temple, again, uh, being disappointed that he's not going to really be a part of the building. Uh, still, because his heart is for God, he, he begins to uh, put together uh, that which will be utilized uh, for the construction of this uh, great building. And uh, in, also in chapter 22, Solomon's charge uh, to actually uh, build the temple. And then uh, chapters 23 and 24 deal with how David uh, organizes the priests and the Levites, uh, something that, that seems to continue uh, all the way into Jesus' times. As, as another, there's an occasion in the New Testament where we see this uh, reference uh, to the various uh, uh, divisions of, uh, of the priest who serve uh, there within the temple. And so we look once again, and, and uh, as we noted when we looked at 2 Samuel 24, there in uh, verse uh, 1 of chapter 21, we're told that Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. And so we, we see uh, in 2 Samuel 24, we're told that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and incited David. And uh, that would be a place that uh, uh, our li liberal uh, folks would say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself and you can't rely on it and it's untrustworthy and all of these things. Uh, but uh, always remember that we affirm the sovereignty of God and, and we affirm the inerrancy and the infallibility, the accuracy of the scriptures, all of these things. But God is sovereign over Satan, that uh, Satan can only do uh, what God permits, ordains, and, and even determines uh, that he does. And so uh, uh, God has determined that uh, uh, there is sin and wickedness within Israel, that it needs to be punished. So he allowed, uses Satan as an agent uh, to lead David uh, down a path uh, that uh, he will willfully choose. Uh, he's responsible for acting in rebellion against God, uh, but Satan uh, leads him down this path to do a census of, uh, of the troops, and uh, God uh, punishes uh, him, him and the nation uh, for this act of rebellion. And, and once again, we see uh, how uh, this sin in the leadership had a profound effect upon uh, the people. And so uh, let's, let's read, uh, we're not going to read the account of how the census came to be and uh, so forth, but uh, let's, let's look there in uh, verses 14 through 17. 
So the Lord sent pestilence on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. And God sent the angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was about to destroy it, the Lord saw and he relented from uh, the calamity. And he said to the angel who was working destruction, It is enough, now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing by uh, the threshing floor of Ornon, the Jebusite, and David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, and in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. And then David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces, and David said to God, Was it not I who gave command to number the people? It is I who have sinned and done great evil. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand, O Lord God, be against me and against my father's house, but do not let the plague be on your people. So David's sin was the direct cause of 70,000 men in Israel dying. And so again, we see this principle that we can't sin just to ourselves. Our sin always affects and infects uh, others. And so uh, uh, God uh, is punishing but we see also that David, while he is a great sinner, he is also a great repenter. And that he acknowledges uh, his sin. He is repentant for his, his sin. Uh, he intercedes for his pe people. He makes petition uh, that God would be merciful, uh, that uh, the, the plague, the judgment would fall upon him and his house and not on the broader scope of the people of God. And so in all of those things, uh, we can see uh, while in imperfect form, I mean, David is concerned about his own sin, his greater descendant or greatest descendant, the Lord Jesus Christ, was not concerned for his own sin, but he interceded for others and lives to intercede. He made petition, and ultimately he makes atonement uh, for uh, our sin. And certainly that was something David could not do. He could petition, he could intercede, but he could not make atonement as his greater son or greatest son the Lord Jesus Christ would make. And so in David's actions and attitudes, we see uh, a foreshadowing of the work of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. We see uh, the very uh, uh, power of God at, at work in David in bringing him to a place of repentance. And uh, we see him, again, in, in some sense, uh, uh, standing between uh, the judgment of God and his people as this great uh, interceder. And uh, while he could intercede, as I said a moment ago, uh, he could not atone. Only Jesus Christ uh, could atone. And so we do get kind of a, an incomplete picture, a foreshadowing, a glimpse of the, the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I pray that this is a blessing uh, to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.